All right, welcome to episode six of Newcastle Museo Talk, a much delayed episode due to my new fatherly duties taking precedence over my podcasting duties. Again, as I said last episode, I hope to get back to some normality with how frequently we get this out. I'm working with some new technology as well to record, so hopefully that won't be an issue. Uh, but this week's guest is Tim Clack from Porn Logic. He also played way back in a band called Schlauncher, uh, one of the first bands I ever interviewed back when I was writing for U-Turn Street Press, and they were a great live band. Uh, my band Gutter Dog has now played bands with Porn Logic too. Always a joy to share a bill with the boys and to share a rig with Tim. He's a great bass player, has a real great presence to his playing. He's always fun to watch. And we talked about his olden days with with Schlauncher and how they got started out, infamous shows back at the Hunter on Hunter and plans for his current band, Porn Logic, as well. So don't forget that all our episodes are on iTunes, the Apple iPhone podcast app, and at newcastlemuseotalk.home.blog, as well as our Facebook page at facebook.com slash newcastlemuseotalk. Our next guest next week will be Kevin Bull, who's a great music photographer and he's the editor for Reverb Street Press, and then Marcus Wright from Big Apache after that. So keep up to date with those episodes and other guests at our Facebook page. Enjoy the episode. Just do a general background first all of all. Right. You're a local boy. I am a local boy. Born, yeah. born and bred locally. Born and bred locally. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, what's the sort of music that you were raised on as a kid? Well, what your parents bring you up with? I know you're a big Midnight Oils fan. Yeah, I'm a massive Midnight Oil fan. But um, growing up was a bit of a, I'd say, my dad was more of the music guy. Yep. I think my mum just liked the dance to it. But, um, <laughs> Well, obviously, my parents are both baby boomers, so yeah, yeah. you know you you raise on the Beatles, and yeah. you have that in the house, and the, you got the Stones, and you got Willie Nelson. I think the Beatles have been mentioned by I everyone mean, you know, that that's, we've that's spoken just, to. You know, if you're 40 years old, <laughs> you know your parents are into that stuff, so yeah, that's yeah. what get, got played. But um, yeah, my dad he loved mainly the, a lot of Australian stuff. He loved um, like Billy Thorpe and Men at Work. Yep. But he also right into Billy Joel and Joe Cocker, yeah, and yeah. that type of stuff. So that was sort of stuff that was getting played around the house. And my mum, yeah, my mum had a bit more of eclectic taste. She was probably more into like, you know, your Broadway stuff. Yeah, yeah, bit of show tunes, bit of show tunes, bit of Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> the Cats. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, you got that Andrew Lloyd Webber thing going on, which is it was just painful when you get kids. Yeah, that's that right, stuff. yeah. But once you get older, you sort of. You get to that point I think where your you brain can... clicks into it because it's yeah. more of a subconscious thing, <laughs> and you think you, you at least try to go back and appreciate yeah. it with mature ears. And some most times you'd be fairly surprised, yeah. And you realise all. Oh, I'm not about to turn around and say the old girl was cool or anything, nah, but you can appreciate. No, she is actually. She, she's a good woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, but you I can appreciate that as you get a bit older. The yeah, and yeah. you appreciate why you know stuff that you didn't like. Whether you you know whether you liked it or not, you appreciate why it's popular yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah. Like, like you know, it's obviously if something sold a million or twenty million records, they're you know, obviously you gotta, doing something right. What do they say? It's um about all you know people in China eating rice. You know what's yeah. that? That's that thing. Like it's, it's like a um. I heard it in was it a pop fiction or something? No, that was different. <laughs> but um, no, is it lost the Lost Boys? Yeah, he's, he's talking about um. It's been a long time since I've watched you know, The Lost Boys. You know, how many million Chinese people, they can't be wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just, it's a popularity thing and you, and you take a look at it and you go, okay. Yeah. You can look at it ob- objectively, yeah. you know, <laughs> or was subjectively. The, what was the first sort of music that you then moved off onto on your own? You know, everyone sort of branches oh, well, off at some point. I got into – well, we were, I was raised on – so I was born in 1978, so yep. I was probably – Young dude, pre-adolescent in the mid to late 80s. So I was a rage kid. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was like grew up Saturday, Saturday and Sunday morning, it was rage. Yeah. So that was the, you know, we got into music that way. Yeah. It's a nice wide sonic palette there was, with yeah, rage. I think it's, um, you know, what was like you, Saturday morning, you listen to the stutter rap. Yeah, yeah. You know, then, it's, uh, then Poison came along. But, yeah. and, but there also there was like, 
just the generic pop stuff. Yeah, yeah. You're sort of you're too young to know any better. Yeah. <laughs> then once you sort of hit that age, and it was sort of okay, it's not real cool. Yeah, yeah. You know the music. Then once music started to go into the electronic, become a bit yeah, more yeah. house music and dance music. That's when I sort of stepped back from popular music yeah. and sort of went into my own. Yeah, yeah. You know, got my own taste going, on, which was sort of I'd say. So the first band would definitely be the Oils. Yep. Midnight Oil was the first band I actually. Um, man, my brother obviously got me into them because, you know, he he was a few years older than me. Yeah, yeah. He started. Where do you sit in the scheme of brothers? Are you sort of the youngest. Got, or? Um, one older brother. I'm the I'm the youngest. Yep. So are only like two and a half years apart. Yep. Then that was Grant, right? He was in Schlauncher with no, you. No, no, my no. Grant's he is my brother, but he's not. He's a brother from a different mother. Yeah, yeah. But he's um, no nah, um. Yeah, so he was sort of experimenting, getting into metal. Yeah. Like in the LA Hollywood metal. <laughs> but I was sort of going, I got into it a little bit, but I was more, dare say, more into the oils. Then I got into Sex Pistols. Yeah, yeah. And so I was a bit more. Found that punky edge. Yeah, I, and I loved ACDC. Yeah. Just like Highway to Hell. Yeah. It's just, what's, what is there? <laughs> yeah, what else is there, really? Yeah. For a pre-pubescent. Youngster, you know? I, I watch Rage now, and I can't, I can't watch it. Literally, can't it get through on? it. Yeah, it's still it's on still in the on. morning. Is it? Are we just old, or is the? Is there still? Um, is there still like a top forty? Yeah, they run the top forty in the mornings, and I think weekend nights they either have a guest program yeah. or the. Or I think they had a Pink Floyd special on. I don't stay up over that the late weekend. Anymore. Yeah, no. it's going to be a good reason for me to stay up that late. I often wonder that how much yeah. of, you know people. There's no music anymore. That I like. It's like maybe you're just old and you're not looking well, for we, it anymore. Um, Back in the day when we were in, uh, I was in Schlauncher, we uh, made a couple of videos and we had the band on Rage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they were like, you know, we're in a sort of mid-20s. Yeah. And we'd go to all this trouble to get a video clip made. Then there was a place <laughs> over in Mayfield you can go. To, it's probably still there. You can go and get, like you take your file over there and yeah. you put it on the beta cassette. Yeah, yeah. Is that the place where they do passport photography? No, but on the uh, on the side of the wall, they've just got a painting of a passport know, photo. It's like, you guys do place. photography. You <laughs> should have a well, that's picture. Not the, that's not a the different place. Joint. Like the, um, <laughs> the video editing place is a bit further down near the bit past the Stag and Hunter. Oh, yeah. So a lot more Mayfield West. Yeah, yeah. And, you, yeah, and they still run it on, they run that show on beta cassette. Yeah. Like, and I don't know what they still do. <laughs> yeah. But um, that's obviously the machinery that they had. That they had at that time, yeah. But, um, like, there's always usually good stuff on. Depends on who's programming. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you get a good insight. In, you know, especially if you watch someone on there and it's someone who you admire mm. and you get to have a bit of a taste of what made them who they yeah, are. Yeah, get a flavour for their yeah. music, yeah. Exactly, because everybody... Um, Everybody's got someone that they came from. You know? There's always there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I always remember that because as you were saying, like the Oils was sort of the first band you got into. Mine would have been Pearl Jam yeah. when I was like thirteen in '96. But then you go, okay, they like the Who and Neil Young, and yeah. then you go off and you find them, and then yeah. they go, oh, he likes them and this and that. And well, it's I was a having web. a discussion with my mate uh, Byron the other day, as we do regularly about Midnight Oil, about their political yep. edge and their. Um, yeah, their activism of what they do outside of the music and plus their musical influences on them. And yeah. we're just thinking they'd have to have been in, they were Clash fans. Yeah. Like right into the Clash. But they would have had to have been fans of the Dead Kennedys. Yep. Um, and they just would have had to have been Bob Dylan fans. Yeah. yeah. You know, so <laughs> and it's just something like that. They, they come from that sort of that plus it's just they come from that um, classic 1960s protest song yeah, yeah. era mixed with that Northern Beaches surf culture, which is, <laughs> creates something pretty special. Yeah, totally you know? different thing. Yeah. I've never been a huge Oils fan, but with you being one, how did you sort of, uh, I guess, uh, marry back that early vigour and anti-establishmentness with when Peter Garrett ends up going in joining the Labor Party and becoming <laughs> a, a cog in the machine? Was it a bit disillusioning or was it...? No, not really, because I always expected it. Yeah, yeah. You know, because he was flirting on the edges of entering politics yeah. in the in the eighties, and that was well well and truly before I got exposed to them. Like I didn't yeah. get exposed to them properly until Diesel and Dust, like Beds of Burning, you know, yeah, yeah. When I was only nine, yep. I was only a kid, so I didn't really have that. 
didn't have a I huge political investment. No, yeah, yeah. But, that's, <laughs> but um, I just sort of always expected it because they, I don't know, musically they'd slowed down. Yeah. That, that seemed like creatively they'd sort of hit a bit of a peak where, where they were going to go and it was only just a matter of time. Yeah, really. yeah. I didn't follow his political career at all. Yeah. I don't have, you know, I sort of... I wouldn't say it bores me, but I would just find other things to think about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to get but I, interested I saw them in on that their, stuff. I saw them on their final tour at the Metro Theatre in Sydney yep. when on their final tour before he left the band. Yeah, yeah. So I saw them pretty much the last time that they played, then saw them three times last year. Yep, and with was, their reunions. Um, they were very much needed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time between drinks. <laughs> When you got started, what was the uh, you play bass now yep. in Port Logic and which yes. launcher? You've always been a bass man, pretty much. Yeah, what drew you to that? Is it you just um, once again, my brother Matt, he um started learning guitar, yep, at a pretty young age when he was probably about 13 when he started to play, yeah. And as he got better, you know, he started up with his little crappy acoustic guitar, yeah, yeah. And as he got better, he got an electric guitar. So we had this spare acoustic guitar sitting around. As he got better, he wanted to wanted me to play a few chords. Yep. And he basically physically abused me until I learned how to do it. As brothers do. <laughs> and, yeah, pretty much. He's like bully me into learning how to yep. learning how to play. But um, like I just didn't really. I like the rhythm. You know, I like sort of. You know the backing tracks. I, I wanted to play the drums. Yeah, yeah. But being a Semi-low socioeconomic family <laughs> and living in an apartment building. There was no drum. Yeah, there was no chance of playing drums. A lot of walls get thrown up in That's front it. of <laughs> drum so, ambitions. Uh, I ended up uh, sort of taking the strings off the acoustic guitar and yep. learning how to play it as a bass, kind of. Then, once again, as he got better and better, he bought another guitar. Then I got the hand-me-down yep. crappy electric guitar. <laughs> then I could plug it in. <laughs> then when I was about... 14 or 15, I got a bass for my birthday and that yep. was it. That's got the real thing. my main thing that I've played. Yeah, yeah. I do play, dabble in a bit of guitar. Yep. And dabble in drums, but that's, um, yeah, that's my main thing. But I can't write songs on bass. Yeah. I, I need a guitar <laughs> to write the guitar, yeah, yeah. I'm not much top of writing them on the bass. Yeah, there's, that's not really the, oh, you can, but it's, for me, it's just not really the right instrument yeah. for writing that type of music. So I guess learning for you is more about keeping up with your brother than was, trying to yeah. better yourself. Pretty much. And yeah. it did better me yep. at the same time. Yeah, it does do, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, who are your sort of musical heroes now, I guess, in general and in also general, on the bass? There's so many. Like, lately I've been listening to Queen. Yep. Like, John Deacon yeah, yeah. and Roger Taylor. Hmm. Like I, I've been mainly just for focus on those powerhouse rhythm sections. Yep. <laughs> that's just what I like. Uh, There's just, once again, ACDC with Phil Rudd and Cliff Williams. Yep, yep. Roger and um, John from Queen. Um, there's just nothing like it. They'd have to be, you know, the, the benchmark yeah, yeah. for me. But there's <laughs> just so many. Like, there's just so, so many. Yeah. To, to memorise. With your brother being a guitarist, it sounds like the, your family environment, short of playing drums, was fairly supportive in terms of your parental um, support? No, or really. We got told nah. to shut up many, many times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, many times. Yeah. Did you have any your parents play any music or anything no. like that? No, no. You guys were the first ones to pick it up? Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, with with uh, Launcher, as you, I think we said, Grant was in the band. Yep. Um, hey, Grant. <laughs> was that a love you buddy where'd the sense of humour come from that was that sort of you guys uh, as a family unit sort of throwing that in because it seemed to be very quirky that was mainly him because if, you know Grant yeah I don't know him that well I've watched yeah. him on YouTube with his uh, oh, well, prank call, with his telemarketer guys and um, <laughs> I'll put some links there on the episode um, so people can check out Grant being it probably funny. came because when that that band formed and that's probably going back nearly 20 years now. Yeah, it was a while ago. That band formed. Grant was doing a bit of stand-up comedy. And I was pretty much, like, he was doing all right. He did yeah. a few funny, few good gigs, but. Just playing but around just, locally, yeah, doing, just doing local, local venues. Local yeah. stuff, but I'd sort of, got to that, we got to that point where we were sort of sharing an apartment. Then I just probably spent most of my time just laughing at his jokes, really, <laughs> because it was. I thought that was funny because it was on my level. Yeah, yeah. And that's just sort of, 
you know, just sort of egg each other on. Then yeah. it just sort of somehow the music that we we came up with wasn't initially funny. Yeah. It wasn't was it never was funny. It didn't have much humour in the music, but it was more of a case of just taking the piss really. Yeah, yeah. You know? Let's present it with well, a bit of Yeah, present it with a bit of yeah. bit of hilarity, a bit of stupidity yeah, yeah. and because I couldn't, t- I couldn't tell you the name of a Schlauncher song that I heard. And I saw you guys a bunch of times, but I remember I think it was you dressed up as Santa Claus at one of them, oh, and God. one of you in your undies, and yeah. there's a lot of weird stuff. Those, those things happen. <laughs> they certainly did. <laughs> Go back to some other stuff now that we're on the launch. How did, how did that all get up and running? Was it? We were in a, a band when we were teenagers called the G Spots. Yep. And we were, I actually, we're all pretty much the same age, but all those guys are from out sort of Lake Macquarie way. Yeah, yeah. Like Grant was out from Glendale. A couple of the other guys are from sort of Edgeworth, but I was in Belmont. Yep. And I just didn't know anyone at my school that played music mm-hmm. it was, Belmont's a bit more of a surfy yeah, type yeah. of thing there's plenty of dudes into music but I was just a bit you know didn't have that connection with the people that I went to school with so it was mainly a um, a newspaper ad yep that sort of I went in to play with this good dude that I met through like do you remember the post yeah like, he had like, the muse as classifieds yeah yeah uh, that was one of those old, old school <laughs> deals there. Like, it was way before. We it doesn't didn't, happen no, anymore, does it? Yeah, it was, <laughs> there was no internet back then. Like, no one's beaten through newspapers oh, anymore. Man. Not for so, bands anyway. And that first band, that was sort of, um, like it went on for a little bit with no drummer. Then the drummer came in and the drummer was Grant. Yep. And that's how we met him. And once sort of that initial band fell apart, we just sort of, we just stayed playing together. We yep. started our, our band called the G-Spots, which was basically a, three four piece band so we had Matt who was our guitar player and Schlauncher in that band as well yep. so it was just three of us then you know, we went away like I, I left that mm-hmm. then went away and did my chef apprenticeship yep then once I got out of the end, other side of that we just somehow ran into each other again as if it was sort it of all come back together yeah, it was just sort of meant to be like then again Newcastle's not that big a place <laughs> really so it was sort of bound to happen eventually yeah you know they uh <laughs> You know, they were they had their um some kind of band going but they needed someone to play the bass and all of a sudden I walk in. Yeah. yeah. You know, I show up in their life again. So yep. then we sort of got it going again. Yeah. So Yeah, the rest is kind of just <laughs> my ears are ringing constantly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was it like trying to get gigs back, back then? Back then? Yeah. Easy. Easy. Easy as yep. like I, we were a bit more young and hungry. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think there's a lot to be said for youthful oh, vigor, there. isn't there? It isn't there, but um, <laughs> I think it was you know, back in those days, there was a, the Hunter and Hunter pub, yep. yeah, yeah, you know, which is sadly for missed. those who um are listening and have never even have only heard of this mythical <laughs> place, it's where they're on the same side as where the new uni building is, now yeah, on that's pretty much where Auckland it was, Street, uh, yeah, Street Auckland Street and, and Hunter, Hunter Street, Street yeah. Became the uh, Civic Hotel for a little while yeah. there after the Hunter on Hunter. I spent one and it, shameful uh, well, night it's there. It's funny with pubs, isn't it? Because <laughs> you can uh, you can find the most derelict shithole pub. Yeah. Do it up, and within six months, it'll be a derelict shithole pub. Back again. to it. Because like, eventually, all the same old creepers are going to go back that's to right, it just yeah. to see what it's like. And think, all right, well, it's the same distance. Walk from home. We're just going to keep. Yeah, that's there. right. Yeah. Oh, I never forget the Hunter on Hunter, man. You I just have, walk yeah. past and hear the. Noise coming from the oh, inside, and it's beautiful how sticky the carpet was. <laughs> I just remember the roof looked like it was going to fall in at any time. It well, it did. Just, yeah, it did. Did you yeah. remember that? No, I remember seeing a fan that looked wonky, like it must have come down yeah. at some point and been shoved back uh, up. But <laughs> well, we were doing a show out there one night. Oh, we would have played there countless times at the yeah, back. Yeah. And I guess it's you know looking back, you know, it wasn't the best gig, but it was a good gig to hone your craft, <laughs> you know. 
Um, you were never going to break big at the Hunter no, on Hunter. No, but you could. Um, you could have some fun. You could get your shit together there. Yeah, you know, and and it didn't sound horrible in there. It was a fun gig. That no, was always in good. Hindsight. Yeah. But um, there was one night they were playing, and Grant got up on the speaker because he was getting around with a walking stick. Yeah, yeah. Back in in these days, because he had a shock and lower back, he probably still does. <laughs> and so, um, and he's up on the speaker, like up on the PA, just whacking the like. Like punching the roof with a walking <laughs> stick, it's like crack to, to the right beat of the song. Yeah, yeah. So he's hitting it, and he was just like hitting it hard like, yeah. with the rubber stopper. <laughs> and um, we packed up, our, we finished our gig, and we got out of there. And next day, Frank, who was the public in there, yep. he's rang up, he's rang Grant, <laughs> or he's rang someone, and he said the roof's fallen in, and it collapsed, like the whole ceiling collapsed. Yep. Luckily, like if there was a band on stage, someone would have been hurt pretty yeah, bad yeah. <laughs> so they had to shut the whole um back part of the pub off and for a few months there was gigs out in the front bar yep. they're having gigs out there and that yeah, was yeah. sick yeah. that was great because it was like <laughs> you know like nobody could hide yeah you know you, if you, you wanted to go to the hunter and hunter and drink you had to sit and watch the band yeah, yeah. and we had some fun nights doing that <laughs> i remember seeing a band vesperax play there it was like a two-piece and there was just guitar and drums but i've never seen a room empty so fast it was just like sheets of white noise that these guys were yeah. making with their drum and guitar and i was like where else are you going to go and see who else is going to put these two idiots on yeah. stage just <laughs> well, to make it. noise and dr- well, <laughs> drive every, everyone everybody out everybody needs a shot don't that's they? right everybody man. needs <laughs> a chance and, and i don't know if there's a um there isn't really a venue, or There's venue not, around there? like that these days. I There's mean, not even a sort of spiritual successor to it where you've got that dingy atmosphere. You need, you've got you some old pubs, but I mean, like the Croat Club would sort of be the closest. Yeah, but that, you'd have to hire your own PA and everything. Yeah, there. yeah. Like so, that's a pain in the ass. Yep. And that's an, um, you know, it's a financial pain in the ass because <laughs> it's you know if you're new, no one's going to come to your gig. Yeah. Like you might get a few of your mates, but it's probably not going to cover the. Yeah, cover and they're, probably, they're probably going to want to get in for free anyway. Yeah, you know, they don't want to pay to see you. They know you suck. Yeah, you know. But I think it's uh, there isn't really that that place. And like the Hamilton Station's handy for it. Yeah, and I think it just depends. It's all net- networking now. Yeah, you know, you can be the shit, the shittiest band in the world. Yeah, but if you got a couple of mates who are in another band in the right places, you know, bands, can you yeah. just like put us on? And like that's just how it works these days, I think. Yeah. Not when in the old days you just ring Frank and say, "Look, can we get a, can we play a gig there on whatever?" Then he goes, "Yeah, boys, put you on. Doesn't matter. You get, you know, door charge two yeah. bucks. Yeah, you <laughs> put all that work and get eight dollars paid yeah, yeah. for it." <laughs> but um, we we found ourselves in the situation back then when. He'd be ringing us, yeah, yeah, because no one wanted to play there. <laughs> and I think at one stage our guitar player was living in Sydney, so we had to. We haven't played there like well, within like four hours' notice. We just put yeah, yeah. bags on our heads and change our name and just go and just make a racket. Just, just show up. You need to band on stage, yeah. you know. <laughs> did you guys get any recording done with Schlaunter? Are there, is yeah. it, did you have EPs yeah, and all that sort of a, stuff? We had yeah. an EP that we did with uh, no, actually a drummer Nathan. Hey Nathan, if you if you're listening, um, he recorded our first like as an album length yep. demo essentially, but you know it was pretty like he did an all right job considering like we hadn't done a gig. Yeah, yeah. So I think it was like about maybe ten songs on it. Yeah. So he recorded that in his shed out at Valentine. Yeah, yeah. Like on a be nice and rough and ready tape. Yeah. And it was it was rough. Yeah, yeah. But we had it done by the time we did our first ever gig. We had CDs to sell. Yep. Then, um, which cost probably nothing. I don't think it costs anything to do. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't mixed. wasn't mastered. It's like, just... you might have done it rough. <laughs> yeah. It was rough. But it has a certain sweet romance got that charm to it, to I guess. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I haven't heard it in years. I don't even know if I've got a copy of it. Yeah. So I remember doing an interview with the band I used to do, the uh, U-Turn Street Press, and yeah. I remember you guys were the first band I ever interviewed. Yeah. And I didn't know any of you guys. I think I'd seen you maybe once or twice. And as soon as this con- you guys were just – as soon as I got into the interview, it was just like you guys were having a bit of a joke and I sort of yeah. got that vibe of it and that was it was good after that. But um, with um, – was it all DIY, all your, your stuff nah, that you did? Oh, pretty much, like – 
um, financially it was because you're all pretty creative guys. Yeah, I know Grant's yeah. pretty creative, and, and well, the second we did an, uh, like a professional EP with Mark Tinson. Yep, and that got mastered at Trio One, and that was a that was a great EP. That was a the first sort of proper thing that we any of us had ever done. Yeah, yeah. and the next one we did was a full album, and Nathan once again a drummer recorded and engineered the whole thing and he did yep. a, like cracking job like yeah, a yeah. bit better equipment and better mics and but it was a bit of experience in yeah, 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 too. experience too and he's um yeah looking back on it it's probably i mean i think the only floor i could find there is probably like we just hurried yeah, yeah. especially like it. the songwriting <laughs> department wasn't like <laughs> they weren't any great uh no nuanced classics oh, there. Probably not. There's a, <laughs> but the thing is, like when you, I've found that listening back to it all these years later, you know, some of it's great, some of it's a little cringeworthy, <laughs> yeah. but it, all of it went over well, really, really well live. Yeah, yeah. So it was just sort of a matter of, you know, it's it's recording's a tough gig. It's tough because you, how do you capture that? Yeah, energy, you know. Very few bands so sound as well yeah, on record yeah. as they do on on stage. Um, it was the idea which launcher to have a go at, but you know, throwing yourselves into being a band. Yeah, and, and we did make like, a we, proper go of it. Yeah, we did, and it's um, and it was probably I don't know. It was sort of like a losing battle, really. <laughs> you know, just I think we're not the only band that would experience that. Yeah, by any means, it's like it's a tough wicket to play on. Yeah. But we had heaps of fun and we, we did everything 100%. There was no yeah, yeah. sort of half uh, half arseness to anything that we did. Yeah. It's just a matter of what people are into. And it was like getting to that point where like, the internet was building and there was MySpace yeah. and that was before Facebook. So it was really sort of we're on that cusp of not really knowing what to do in that department. Yeah. And I didn't even have internet. I was sort of grateful. <laughs> I basically, I think I had some basic internet where I could email to get gigs in Melbourne and Sydney. Yeah, yeah. And, so, so you did a bit of travel with Launcher yeah, as well, yeah? yeah Mainly not, East Coast? Yeah, only the East Coast. Yeah. But like, once again, it was just an expensive hobby, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but once again, there's this. There wasn't. There's nothing to regret about those experiences. Yeah. You know? It's that classic Facebook thing you see, isn't it? The Who else? Puts five thousand dollars worth of gear into a car to drive yeah. seven hours to p- earn fifty bucks. Play a fifty buck gig. Yeah, you know? <laughs> madman. <laughs> got to do what makes you. Got to. You got to do what sets you on fire. And regardless it, of sometimes it's not about making any money out of it. Yeah, you just got to have a crack. It's where those you know? stories that you get under your belt as it's well. It. And the it's times like you they had. say you don't make friends with salad. <laughs> you know, you, you got to put some meat into it. Yeah, yeah. You know, make money with music. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> what are you current? Projects looking like I know you play with Porn Logic. Yeah, I mean, you and um, I have played together a few times. A band and- called Porn Logic, P A W N. originally meant to be P-O-R-N yeah, yeah. but I thought send the humpy our guitar player might change that because <laughs> you know we, we might end up playing an all ages gig or something yeah, yeah. it's just a bit of a bit of a slight marketing thing <laughs> but um and yeah so yeah we have played a few gigs together now yeah we have yeah so we, and we played a gig the other night with the bin lids the bin with Jaden from yeah. my, my, my I actually yeah. sit there watching and I thought, these guys are good, but it's just, where do I know him from? Yeah, yeah. And realised he's, he's in your band. Yeah, that's his niche there, I think, doing the bin lids. Yeah, you can just well, write three-chord punk songs yeah, and sing-alongs. And, they've got a good crowd. Yeah. They have a good crowd. Yeah, they motivate guys. I don't know how he does it, but I think it's um, Jack, his bass player, I think, is a big part of it. I think he just knows everyone yeah. who's – Got money and time to go out on a weekend yeah. or a weeknight. Well, I think that's what it is these days, isn't it? Like we played that gig and they had a great crowd. Yep. And the second band played, which I can't remember what they were called, but um, there's a few on the bill I hadn't heard of. Three. Before, like, yeah. there, I think a couple of bands pulled out, so it was a bit of a shuffle, yeah, yeah. constant shuffle. And by the time we played, we had nobody to play to. Like yep. the the crowd just dwindled. But <laughs> it's you figure it's got to be do to do with you know social. Networking, yeah, like yeah. in the flesh, not yeah. 
so much on Not so much your online, Facebook invites. You know, because but... Facebook is pretty useless. Yeah, yeah. Re- really. Yeah. You know, it's good. Gives the idea that you've been seen by a lot of people, yeah. but really it's... And you have. Yeah. You know, you, you have, but who's, you know, you're clicking links and... Yeah. You've been the same person seen 80 other things from yeah. their other friends on the feed yeah, there exactly. and gone, well... How why is how do you get people out? How do you get people to a concert these days? Well, I think like I was just sort of getting to was you've got to you've got to be out there and you've yeah. got to sort of be out making friends and yeah. shaking hands and making friends with know, the right and people. If you're not really a a if you're broke, yep. you're not going out. <laughs> B if you don't like drinking or hanging out in the pubs, yeah, you're probably yeah. not going to go out. Yeah, and you don't do gigs in cafes, do you? Yeah. So you got to you got to <laughs> sort of be. I think that's just how it is. You've, you've got to have some kind of social status, yeah. I think. And if you if you know a lot of people, it's easy to get people to your gig. Yeah, yeah. You know. Do you think there's? Do you think music's lost its sort of cachet as a cultural thing with the shift to Netflix, entertainment on demand? You, you know, to get people out so. of their house yeah. to actually go somewhere Absolutely. where they're going to have to pay money. I mean, like, to- I'd work with a. I'm in hospitality. I work with. A, I'm like the oldest person I work at my yep. work. I'm older than my boss. Um, and most of the people, most of the girls I work with, they're between twenty and twenty-four, and there's probably about eight of them. They're yeah. all younguns, and they're all great girls, and none of them know anything about music. Yeah, like they <laughs> like what they like. Yeah, they, they've got their Spotify playlists. Yeah, but there's one one of the girls in particular. She's you know, she likes good music, like from the seventies and stuff, but wouldn't know a full album. She so yeah, like yeah. a song here and there, and it's like, okay, you should listen to that whole album. And she's like, why? Because <laughs> well, like. she gets sort of more of a context of what the whole band's about. Then yeah. it was like, nah, I don't have time. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but bring up Netflix, you yeah. can be talking for hours to anyone. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's just more, more options for people yeah, yeah. these days. You know, there's more options for people to not leave their house. Yeah. But the whole world is at their fingertips, yeah. which makes the world a much smaller place. <laughs> do you think it will ever go back to, you know, if you can get cyclical, but do you think, do you see a point where that's going to happen? People get back into going out and seeing bands? Well, people are. They already are going out. Yep. They won't ever stop. As long as there's people playing music and people creating live music, it. there's always going to be an audience for it, yeah, but yeah. there's just that much of it. Yeah. You know, it's like... You, know, do you, you go down to the Stag and Hunter. Yep. That's awesome venue. They get they fill up. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter. We played played a show down there oh, almost oh, last November when uh, with Porn Logic opening up for the Sex Pistols That's Never right. Mind the yeah, Bollocks yeah. tribute show. Yep. And that was an awesome night. There was this massive crowd in there, but yep. you need some kind of draw. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sure if we played there by ourselves, we might not. You might get a few people that are already just going to be there. Yeah. Because I know there's live music on, or if there's some kind of like um, specific act that's going to be on, like that. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like the Sex Pistols show, where you're going to, you know, heaps of people love the Pistols. Yeah. So they're going to want to go out and party. And get into so it. So we'll just. You know, we played to a full room that night. A bit we, of icing on the cake for well, the... Well, we sort of... And plus, uh, what we do is definitely heavily influenced by yeah, that. Yeah, You know, that definitely three chord well with punk, that. So it sits well with it. Yeah. How different is it now doing gigs between... What are your biggest differences you can see between now to, or playing with Porn Logic to when you were doing stuff with Schlauncher? Is it more difficult it's to probably, get gigs again? Nah, like we get... Most of the times we have to turn gigs down. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a, it's an age demographic thing now where we're um, a we're much older. Yep. And the guys on the other guys in the band are dare I say responsible adults <laughs> with, with jobs and careers and families and yep. you know, So that's there's much more emphasis on lifestyle balance. Yeah. So you know we can't just throw down and you know I've, plus you know I've got career and job as well and. Which is a priority. So the, yeah, yeah. the band actually essentially has to become a passion project. Yeah. And you, you really are past that point where you're like, I could make a living off of oh, Well a and band. truly. Yeah, yeah. Well and truly, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm still a highly creative. Yep. But it's. Is it a difficult pill to swallow that? that you? No, not really. No, you're happy no, with No, I'm pretty happy with it. I, yep. I went, I've already been through that. Yep. Like, I went through that. Um, I don't know, probably about 10 years ago when it was just sort of, okay, it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But 
you can still have fun. Yeah. You can still have fun with it and do whatever you want. But there was probably 10 years ago, I didn't even really want to play in a band yeah. at all because, A, my ears were ringing. And, yeah. And I was probably just so too shell-shocked from it. Yeah. Because yeah. we did many, many shows with Schlauncher and it was just like a, over a seven-year period. It's then, a non-stop running race. Yeah, it was. Deal. It was yeah. like, shit, I have no life out. There was just no life yeah. outside of it. <laughs> and then I took – it got out. We – pulled that apart and I went back into chefing full time and like I wouldn't have played in the band for for years yeah so it was a good nice little jump what back. got you back into it what was the you just felt the um, urge again to go or well I never stopped playing yep I was always sort of involved with something little muck around project or something but I've sort of boiled you down to two bands there with Schlaunter and Porn Logic <laughs> yeah. is there there's a whole bunch in between uh, there is there or more projects really. at home it's or sort of I've always played um like in an ACDC show with the guys out of Viagra. Yep. Uh, with My brother was in that as well. Yep. Um, done other little proge- projects with Grant mm-hmm. as well from Schlauncher. You know, like Tall Jenny, I've been involved in that. Yep. But then it was just... Um, basically, with Porn Logic, it just that's just sort of happened because Humpy, our guitar player, just message me, you know, because yep. we used to play gigs with his band, KL69 yeah, yeah. and Schlauncher all the time. Had some hell of a hell of a good nights with those guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we had a bit of a history there. And, yeah, he mentioned something about he had, like, ten old songs that he wanted to yep. get, out of the, get out of the closet, basically, and just <laughs> do something with before. Because it was just sort of – I think it might have been sort of – Weighing on him in some way that oh, I got these songs here, but I just, yeah, oh, I just, he, as you can tell, it's like need such a, a, an artist. He's maybe he's his inner artist saying, I need to get these songs <laughs> out, I just need to get them off my chest. Yeah, so we did that, and that became pretty much the first Porn Logic record. Yep, then, um, we had a different drummer, then he couldn't do it because he because of distance, and we got Alan, who's yeah, yeah. Alan Huffo, who's. The loudest drummer to have ever played at the Hamilton Station Hotel. <laughs> he's a sight to behold on the drums. Oh, there, Ralph. he's like he the Neil, Neil Pert of Newcastle. He's Neil Newcastle's Neil Pert. Yeah, really. He's Newcastle's Ginger Baker, but he's actually a likable guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a very friendly guy. Yeah, very friendly guy. Al. He's the he's the rattle from Seattle. <laughs> I like to call him now. He's got many nicknames. So he even played with this. He played with a bunch of bands back in Seattle. There, yeah, probably. Like he's uh, one I can't, I can't think of it. He's now, been around the block a few times. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I knew Al be through um, Age of Emergence before yeah. I knew him through yeah. Porn still Logic. in Age of Emergence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used to work with uh, Dino, the yeah. singer, and I went to school with Matt, their guitarist. Right. So, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I like Age of Emergence. Yeah, they're good. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with the um, changes to the city. Going on there? Do you see, you know, is there much of a future end. for live music? <laughs> not at this end, man. <laughs> no, man where are you going to park your car to yeah. let your amps up? Yeah. You know, there's not going to be just going to have a high rise hotel above every venue well, that, anyway. Um, and Well, there was the, what is it? It's the Great Northern. Yeah. Like that was, oh, that was a weird pub. But it's it been was, open, closed, open, closed. Yeah. And, that was sort of good live venue. Mm. A like, good stage, yeah. good sound. Like, and, you know, they had that sort of stage up. It was sort of mezzanine, really. Like yeah. The sta- and the band it was, a was good stage, yeah. sort of up. And um, it was just a – just had a good vibe in there, I thought. Yeah. And I saw um, – what did I watch um, Ash Grunwald in there one night. Mm-hmm. And it was, oh, the place is packed, but it was just sounded great. Yeah. You know, and, and I've seen um, like other mates' bands in there too, like with lesser crowds, but they're, it always sounded good. Yeah. There, but it was just a um, – I can't see that reopening as a, a live yeah. gig, but it'd be handy. Like if you can't run a, a live music venue right there at the end of the train lines where they were, right in the centre of town, yeah. you haven't got much hope within that vicinity, have it's you? It's going to be anything? uber gentrified. <laughs> That's right. I yeah. think you might, you know, it's... I remember talking I think, to yeah. um, John Fox a couple of episodes ago and he was saying that after the earthquake you had areas like... Hamilton and Wickham that became the centre of town because yeah. everything was so destroyed in town. Yeah. It's sort of the we've run the man-made earthquake through town now where it's like <laughs> it's, it's pushing everything back out to places sort like of. the Wicko and the Stag and Hunter and they're becoming those. But I think, um, you know, the trends and tastes change. Like, yeah. you know, especially Newcastle's got a growing and it's not going to stop growing like coffee and food culture because yep. I'm pretty heavily involved in that as well. Yeah. 
So it just creates uh, when it comes to music, like you know, there's a lot of just acoustic acts and yeah, like yeah. lower key, you know, playing that folky kind of yeah. sound where women, the girls sing like their babies Those and breathy oh, female vocals. It. Well, I think um, <laughs> was it the Angus and Julia Stone? I've got a lot to answer yeah, for. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, but it's um, I mean, each to their own. I don't, the thing is, I don't really see what's weird about that type of. Like genre mm. is like sure you can be good at it <laughs> and it's popular. Yeah. But I don't see anyone kicking their doors down to go and no. kicking the doors down to go and watch it. Like what's what happened to going out and rocking out? Mm. You know, like people just got soft or Yeah. You know, I think just- again it's that whole cultural thing. It's just I don't I don't know if it's just I'm old and I'm not going to the venues and bands that are yeah, that are right. younger and yeah. it's still doing How old that. Are you? I'm thirty five. Thirty five, so. I'm thirty nine, so yeah. we're, we're pretty much old. We're we're, we're over old. the hill as far as <laughs> I, I finished working one yeah. night at um the Wicko Park, I was doing sound there and up the street. At a place called Softies, they had a band. Um, Softies, yeah. It's I think it's the old pharmacy there at Islington. It used to be the Islington Pharmacy, and they took that over and yeah. had bands in there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they have an outdoor yeah. area yeah, there. Right. And I, um, I finished at the Wicko, and I went up just to check it out. I must have been the oldest person in there by yeah, right. twenty years. But the place was packed. Like you know, there was what heaps of people music there. Was on? What was the band I said? The Treehouse Kid, Treehouse Children. They were good. They weren't yeah. rocking. They, you know, they were not. A punk or a rock band, yeah. you know, they were a rock band in the sense they had rock, you know, guitar, yeah, and, dr- guitar and drums and bass, and bass yeah. but they had horns and stuff oh, as cool. well. So, cool. I mean, it was really cool. But yeah, I was the oldest Isn't it person. Every sort of band's dream, like especially like <laughs> punk rockers, to have a horn section. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I still want one. Yeah, I still want. I want a horn section to follow me, follow me around every yeah, day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just, just want to be a daily soundtrack. You know, I can pretend I'm Huey Lewis, <laughs> or something like that. That's saying how old am I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Huey. Uh, I like Huey. Huey. He reminds me of that time where dorks could be rock stars, yeah, like dorks, Robert Palmer yeah. and Huey Lewis. And well, Robert Palmer was no dork. Well, he, he dressed. Was, he dressed very dapperly, he was and it wasn't like he was a coke snort was he? motherfucker. <laughs> Robert Palmer. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, he's just he's dressed a, up. He was actually a, he was a musical genius. That yeah, guy. I think his image sells him yeah, short, you know, um, everyone goes, well, he's a bit... But that was manufactured. Yeah. Like, I did a bit of research in the old Robert, and yep. he was, um, his band, his original band was, have you ever heard of Little Feet, like Lyle George? Yeah, yeah. Like, he comes from that sort of era with, yep. like, the Zapper and... So yeah, he's yeah. real sort of avant-garde and artistic. It wasn't until yep. sort of later where he was sort of managed and sort of pushed into Shout that sort of could... commercial... Yeah, yeah. Commercial sort of realm, but yeah, even those songs are pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, who's the best band you've seen locally that's playing locally? now? Locally, who's the best local band? Porn Logic. <laughs> nah, um, God, like we haven't really played with any local bands. Mm. We've, um, oh, Pure Envy, great band. They Pure are great, Envy. aren't they? Yeah. yeah, I'd like to get one of the boys on from Pure Envy. Um, who else? Like the, most of the bands we've been playing with lately, sort of from Melbourne and yep. Sydney, so we're sort of networking a bit. Yeah, yeah. There's this. Is that with an eye to get Porn Logic up and down the east coast? Yeah, well, or? it is. Yeah. I think we're we're planning on something for November to go down to Melbourne, have yep. a run around. But um, the other grounds are great. Um, but once again, I'm just not getting out. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, um, it's hard to just get so out, many, isn't you it? You know the big problem is I just can't remember any of the band names. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you guys yeah, put are great. I put you on the spot. I should have given you a bit of notice. To- <laughs> but um, oh, I enjoy watching Bin Lids the other night. That yeah, was yeah. Cool. Yep. But once again, it's just like it's just such a new. It's it's once again it's new again for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, so as I was saying earlier, you've got to sort of you're getting out there and familiarising yourself with what's going on. Yeah. And I'm just not. Just not getting the time. Here, you know? it's, it's, it's tough. It's a lifestyle choice. Yeah, you know. We're gonna have a Schlauncher reunion anytime soon. Don't is know. That on we, the cards? we had one in 2015. Yep. We did one. Where was in, I? Where were you? We were. That was a um, New Year's Eve at the Hamilton Station. Oh yeah. We rung in the New Year. Yeah. We like, <laughs> counted down the New Year, then we counted the first song in. It was. It was. We rehearsed for. 
I think we did 15 weeks of rehearsal. Yeah, yeah. Together. Surely that's got to be one of the occasions at the Hamo station where it's in your favour to go on after midnight. Because normally, oh, yeah. normally, as you say, oh, man, you, you, you get, get your big hit around 10 o'clock and then by the time you go on to fit, yeah. midnight, everyone's well, gone. It. So uh, we we, learnt, we remembered that the other night when we were down there. <laughs> but New Year's Eve, plus it was, I guess we could, we enjoyed a bit of a local reputation yeah, yeah. as a live band. And, yeah. you know, it had been, oh, God, it would have been over 10 years since we played. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't remember many empty rooms back in the day when I, I saw Schlauncher. I'm, sure, I'm, sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there were a few. Many. <laughs> <laughs> many at the Hunter on Hunter, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> um, so you're pretty much full up with work at the moment. You're not seeking other bands or doing no. other projects or no. anything like we that. Got, uh, we just finished recording with Paul Logic. Yep. Once he, uh, another full-on deal. All done at home with Humpy. He does yeah, everything Humpy at home there. Yeah, all at yeah. his place. Uh, all in garage band. We yep. had um, Adam from... Pure Envy, yep. uh, master it. Yeah, I yeah. mix it and master it. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think Humpy mixed it, and Adam mastered it, and it sounds huge. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, mate, I have to send you some links. Yeah, for so sure, you can man. Share it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll, I'll put um, a bunch of stuff on here. I'll get some dig up some Schlauncher stuff on YouTube. I'm sure as oh, well. There's a bit of stuff on there. Yeah, sweet. Um, how important is it to do new product as a musician? You know, you sort of you do your, you put a couple of months into doing an EP and then you got five tracks and yeah, you know. Oh, it's just part of it, really. So the word you say that it's important, but it's only it's just part of it, really. Yeah. You know, you got to if you're staying together as a band, or you're gonna write new stuff. Yeah, yeah. It just just happens. It's important because you need to. Stay creative. Yeah. And there's just no point just, okay, what are you going to do? Spend the next two or three years just playing the same set. Yeah. You know? So you do it for your own sort of good mental health, really. <laughs> I find it frustrating, man. Like we did the four-track EP. We've got like 20 songs written, but then to try and get everyone together yeah, with hard, the money in a studio to yeah. record all that stuff and yeah. have it done for prosperity, it's just frustrating. Very frustrating. Have you ever done a project that's very Tim? Like, you know, have you? is there a project that's very much you or do you have like a solo project not, in the project um, in the works in the future? Or Not musically. No. No. It's, um, I'm in the middle of one at the moment with uh, with food, doing yep. like a food blog on Instagram. Yep. And that's mainly my main personal solo. I've, well, I've plug, re- plug you. Restaurant places well, uh, you work at, Bolton Street Pantry, yeah, and Bolton uh, Street Pantry at the moment. But um, and my Instagram is Chef underscore Timothy Stephen, and I do. I've basically gone some through some good looking food on there. Um, a bit of a lifestyle changer. I've gone into the vegan yep. thing, and I've um, cut out all meat and dairy, and it just exploded this creativity. So yeah, I yeah. just really enjoyed. Cooking at home. How'd you find that? Was it a? Well, I sort of weaned myself off meat a year or so ago. Yep. But I think it came, it cemented it in because I ate ate a steak at a local pub and I got food poisoning from it. And I thought, nah, that's it. (laughs) That's it. I'm done. I'm done with this stuff. And um, yeah, the the changes that's happened like physically within me, it's just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like this the the level of health and yeah. you know the clarity of mind. It's uh, you know people frown upon it, but <laughs> I was going to say you live up to until you try. You living up to the cliches, aren't you? And telling everybody, oh yeah, oh, you know, how do but you know someone's a vegan? Don't worry, they'll tell you. Is that the <laughs> old joke? Well, you know, especially if they're a chef. Of course, they're going to tell you. <laughs> Goes with the territory. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I see lots of good looking stuff on you. You've seen Thanks. partial to tacos, man. I'm I a taco. I'm a taco aficionado. I always, I'll throw this in there. You know, they've got the uh, Mexican joint over there at Union Street or Steel Street, is it now, next to the brothel? Oh, yeah. They should have – I don't know why no one at the brothel has come out yet and put out a sign that says our tacos are better oh, than theirs. Oh, yeah. I think there's an opening for their – Like a drum or a spot <laughs> You know, someone's got to. Someone had to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll edit that one out. I won't even include that. Uh, <laughs> um, how long do you plan to keep playing? Basically, just until you probably till I die. Yeah, yeah. You'll always be yeah. I'm sure away be on plunking the away in some somewhere or another. Yeah, it's just you know, it's just what I do. <laughs> do you write much songs? Yeah. Porn Logic's everyone writing. Yeah, it's every, as humpy, well, but now um, everyone's Alan, into it. Or Alan doesn't write. Yep. 
I, well, not that we know of. He hasn't, um, <laughs> and he's uh, as a drummer, he's great because he'll sort of Humpy and I will do right most of the stuff. Yep. And you know, it's probably it's easy to write like get the ideas down without Alan there because <laughs> we can just sort of put the structure in, and I'll just jump on the drums and yeah, yeah. tap out a real basic, a real idea rudimentary. Then. then it goes to you know we'll put it in the Dropbox and. It gives Al a bit of an idea yep. of sort of where we're going with it, but he'll just sort of turn it on its head and, you know, turn it into something that can swing better give and give it, you know, heaps. God, he can swing. <laughs> he can swing. And he's probably the best drummer I've ever played with. Yeah, yeah. Hands down. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he definitely gives our, gives the songs a bit more, a bit more colour. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, yeah, it's mainly just Humpy, Humpy and I riding. Yeah. Writing, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, any particular themes that you come back to, or you know, a concept Sarah, album at some point you might oh, come well, to? Or? Funny you should mention that a concept album. Yeah. Humpy, check this out. He's asked if there's a concept album. Well, did you ever see my Facebook post the other day about like that meth head that dropped the? I did. And, yeah. Well, it sparked something. Has it? Mentioned that to Humpy, and he's just gone ahead and said, "That's it. That's the theme of our next album." A rock opera like, with a oh. meth head, and well, he's, it's going to be like, from what I can gather, it's going to be some kind of. <laughs> he dropped his ring, so he's gone into this whole story about <laughs> he's like traveling to Mount Sugarloaf to destroy the ring, <laughs> and you know he can't put the ring on, otherwise you'll end up with his like, special meth powers and. No, where you're punching holes in drywalls and yeah, yeah. losing your family to meth, <laughs> and it's and he's just he's gone off, and I'm just gonna look. I'm not gonna get in his way on that. If anyone can and, do it, Humpy can. Oh, he can. He can. He can. Um, he's got a very forward sense of humour. <laughs> it's one of the key features yeah. of the any porn logic show. <laughs> yeah. I think is but most of the stuff that we've got. The running theme's definitely social commentary. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's. Yeah, if, Writing about stuff that you see on a day-to-day basis. We don't really go into, like, personal stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. not much fun to sing about we, because <laughs> we sort of sell the band as middle-aged garage rock from yep. the suburbs. Yeah, yeah. So we're, he's written a lot of songs about not wanting to get up to go to work in the morning. <laughs> yeah, living you know, in a dry suburb. In a dry suburb. Yeah. So, like, that, that's, like, genius to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're writing a song about <laughs> Macquarie Hills. Yeah. You know, it's where it's no... <laughs> No, no pubs. No pub, no bowling club. <laughs> no, not even a bottle. You can't get a yeah. drink there. It's dry. Town planners should be fired oh, for that one. Well, the Hill Song's probably got something yeah, to do well. with it. <laughs> uh, killer. I think that's about it, awesome. man. I think we've covered off everything there. So Wicked. Cool. Thanks for being a part of it, man. No problem. Thanks for having me. No trouble. We just have to do this again sometime. We shall. I'm sure we can squeeze a part two out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I like to talk. <laughs>